Do you ever wonder why you feel better after going out in nature? Welcome to the Reach New Heights podcast, where we dive deep into all things self-healing, transformation, and building dreams. I'm Julie Householder, and it is my passion to share powerful tools to empower you to transform your life and reach new heights. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Reach New Heights podcast. This week, I am so excited to share this topic with you. I wrote a 20 plus page research paper on this. And when I came across the research, I was literally flipping out with excitement. We'll be talking about how time in nature, specifically forests, has incredible benefits for the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health. We'll focus on a Japanese mindfulness practice called Shirin Yoku. I apologize to all the Japanese speakers because I don't speak Japanese and that was totally mispronounced. Uh, The direct translation to English is forest bath. Our episode will explain what forest bathing is, how to do it, epic global research about its benefits, and then break down recommendations. As a brief disclaimer for this episode, and as always for this podcast, this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be substituted for professional advice. Always consult your doctor, therapist, psychologist, psychiatrist, counselor, or any other mental health medical professionals that you are working with. Before we dive into our content, this is an open invitation into a guided awareness practice. You're more than welcome to join in or skip ahead to the podcast content, following whatever feels good for you in this moment. You're welcome now to take this moment and pause and tune in. An option is to notice your toes. How are your toes placed within your shoes? Or if you're barefoot, what position are they in? Are they curled or stretched out? How does your right palm of your hand feel? Can you notice your left ear? Can you bring your focus to the tip of your nose? And now to the back of your neck. Do you have any tension in your shoulders? How are they placed? Are they up high and tense? How is your jaw? Is it clenched? You're welcome to bring some relaxation into the parts of yourself that might be tense. You're welcome to notice your breathing. How does breathing in feel compared to breathing out? Just noticing without judgment. You're welcome now to take a full deep breath in through your nose and exhale slowly out through your mouth. Again, drawing another full deep breath in and out. Have you ever noticed a difference in how you feel after you spend time outside and in natural spaces? 
My boyfriend and I just moved to a state with a ton of parks, forests, and hiking nearby, and I began to notice that my time walking in forests was like a complete reset button on my mind-body-spirit health. I noticed so many benefits and became curious as to whether there was any research on this. And then I found out about forest bathing. I built my entire research capstone paper around this, and I sought out global research to answer two questions. The first being, what are the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health benefits of forest bathing? And the second one, how can forest bathing be used to address city-dwelling adults with high stress levels? So let's talk briefly about the roots of forest bathing. Pun intended. In the 1980s, the Japanese government began noticing these high stress rates um, and chronic stress associated with the impact of the tech boom on Japanese city inhabitants. Forest bathing became incorporated into the country's healthcare program as a treatment healthcare providers could prescribe their patients as a non-clinical activity to improve well-being. The term was initially coined by the Japanese Ministry of Agriculture, Forestry, and Fisheries in 1982. The Japanese Society of Forest Medicine was established under the Japanese Society of Hygiene in 2007 to promote research on this field of forest medicine and the effects of forest bathing and therapeutic effects of forests specifically on human health. And other countries and organizations kind of caught on to this and then in Europe and the global level began researching this as well as bridging cross-disciplinary research with forestry and health professionals. Forest bathing is defined as making contact with and taking in the atmosphere of the forest with the intention to improve an individual's state of both physical and mental relaxation. Forest bathing is spending mindful time in nature using our senses to bring the mind and body to the present moment. So Dr. Ching Lee, who's the president of the Society for Forest Medicine in Japan, he's a researcher and an author of The Art and Science of Forest Bathing, shares that this is a preventative medicine and it's crucial for human beings as we are designed to be connected to the natural world, to listen to the wind and taste the air. Forest bathing sessions focus on slow movements, touching trees and natural textures, taking in colors and patterns and breathing deeply. Some of Dr. Lee's advice for practicing forest bathing is to make sure that you've left your camera behind. Uh, for me personally, I'll just turn my phone off, have it in my bag, just letting your body be your guide and listen to where it wants to take you, following your nose and take your time. You're not focusing on a destination. You're just simply savoring the sounds, the smells, the sights of nature and just letting the forest in. With hiking or walking, sometimes we can approach the activity like other parts of our life. Speed walking, moving quickly, hyper-focusing on the speed and the destination and where we are and our movement. Forest bathing requires us to slow down to walk slowly, connect with our breath, and take in all the details around you. What colors and textures do you see? What sounds are you hearing? What do you smell? Do you have a taste in your mouth? What does the tree bark feel like? How, does your, how do your feet feel against the ground as you move, as you walk? And genuinely taking that time to absorb and take in the forest atmosphere, really identifying these five different senses. And I'm sure you probably can be able to think back on a moment in your life where you felt really connected to a natural environment. It could have been even just a tree, a plant, the clouds, the breeze, where you were fully present in the moment. And you might be asking me, okay, Julie, but how is this relevant to me and our greater society? I think I could speak for many 
many people when I say that we are all stressed out. Chronic health conditions are on the rise. The world, news, and social media are a constant shitstorm, essentially blasting messages to the general public of our impending doom as a country or as a species. On top of that, besides the fact that our planet and various species are being wrecked by humans, we are becoming more and more disconnected from nature. With the world's rapid modernization and growing city populations, how humans interact with nature has drastically changed. More humans are living in cities than in rural areas, and they're spending less time in nature than ever before. In 2018, the United Nations released a publication that about 55% of the world's population lived in urban settlements and projected that by 2050, cities will house about 68% of the world's population. This publication stated that by 2030, one in every three people will live in cities with at least half a million inhabitants. According to the United States Environmental Protection Agency, also known as the EPA, Americans on average spend approximately 90% of their time indoors. So I just invite you to take a moment and ask yourself and reflect, how much time do you spend indoors versus outdoors? Studies have shown that increasing urbanization, sedentary lifestyles, virtualization of social relationships, insecure employment, climate change, and unprecedented conditions like the COVID-19 lockdown led to an escalation of stress and anxiety in the global population, with stress being one of the leading causes of non-communicable diseases. By the way, I'll include all of my sources from this podcast in the description. It's a bit difficult to verbally cite my sources after my statement, so definitely check those sources out because much of this is from research, not from my actual brain. This isn't my work, so just honoring the people who did all this work and got all this research. There's a ton, I mean a ton, of mind-blowing global research on the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual benefits of forest bathing. From anti-cancer cell levels to immune system function, emotional regulation, cardiovascular, mental, emotional, spiritual health, this practice is powerful and especially helpful for people living and working in cities who are stressed out. We'll begin talking about physical health benefits then move to mental health, and lastly, emotional and spiritual health benefits of forest bathing. After all that juicy info, we're going to talk about recommendations and how we can integrate this practice in our lifestyle with an understanding of accessibility as not all of us have access to forest environments. In the physical health realm, I'm going to be chatting about the cardiovascular system and immune function and anti-cancer cells in particular. The cardiovascular system, often referred to as the blood circulatory system, is responsible for transporting and delivering oxygen and nutrients to every cell in your body. Right now, as you listen to this, arteries are carrying blood from your heart and you're having veins bring blood back to the heart. This rhythmic and systemic process is vital for your health and well-being. Cardiovascular health issues that affect the blood flow to the heart are unfortunately widespread. In the United States, heart disease in particular is one of the leading causes of death. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, also called the CDC, heart disease causes death in more than one out of every four people. Heart disease can remain undiagnosed until the person experiences a heart attack, arrhythmia, or heart failure. The risk factors include high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and smoking. Lifestyle choices and other medical conditions can increase the risk of heart diseases such as an unhealthy diet, lack of physical activity, excessive alcohol use, diabetes, obesity, and mental health disorders. Just as certain lifestyle choices can increase the risk of heart disease and other cardiovascular health concerns, studies have found that lifestyle choices like Shinrin Yoku can be supportive of cardiovascular health. A study published in the Environmental Health and Preventative Medicine Journal examined previous research on forest bathing, and it's 
physiological impacts on the body, as well as their findings from field experiments within 24 different Japanese forests. So they really wanted to go out there and capture and understand the relaxation effect caused by forest environments on the human body compared to urban settings. And a lot of these studies with forest bathing, you'll notice that a lot of them are comparing forest compared to like urban settings, cities. And so the 24 field experiments, they were conducted. So they had them from 2005 to 2006 in Japan with 12 male university students per experiment. So that was about like 280 people. They had seven physiological parameters that they were evaluating. So pulse rate, blood pressure, heart rate variability, high frequency and low frequency components. So they were looking at nervous system activity and profile of mood states. The result of this study aligned with other research in that forest bathing and observing forest landscapes leads to lower pulse rate, lower blood pressure, lower cortisol levels, improved heart rate variability, and overall can be supportive of the cardiovascular health in comparison to walking in city surroundings and urban environments. So another study out of Japan wanted to look specifically on forest walking and comparing it from forest to urban environments. And they focus on the short-term effects so that the study participants would walk in the forest and the urban environment at a self-paced rate for about 12 to 15 minutes. And the study resulted significant contrast in heart rate values, cardiovascular relaxation, increased parasympathetic nervous activity. So that would be going and moving more into the rest and digest aspect of the nervous system and then decreased sympathetic nervous activity. So that's more like the fight or flight, high stress response. The trends found in heart rate variability in the forest followed the trends that are found in yoga therapies and meditation. And the heart rate values were always lower in the forest compared with the cities. So next, we're going to talk about the immune function and anti-cancer cells. Your immune system contains a system of cells, proteins, and organs that help support your body in its defense against infection from an outside invader, from the outside invasion of bacteria, viruses, fungi, and toxins produced by microbes. There are two sections of your immune system the innate immune system, and the acquired immune system. So humans are born with this innate immune system. It acts like the first responders to an invader. So we all have something called phagocytes, which is a type of white blood cell. So these cells, they come in, they see that invader, they surround and engulf that invader, and then the invader is killed inside of those cells. White blood cells, those also include lymphocytes like B cells, T cells, and natural killer cells. So now we're gonna talk a bit about your acquired immune system and how that functions in relation to the innate immune system. So remember, we're born with our innate immune system. And so the acquired immune system has the support of what we're born with, the innate immune system. That one produces cells called antibodies that will protect your body from a specific invader. A part of your immune systems, like they see, see that microbe, they see that invader and they're like, oh, we have this one's number. Like we recognize that and we know exactly how to protect the body from that invader. Your immune system has that record book. Every microbe it has defeated. It's like it's war book, so to speak, right? And so if it enters the body again, the immune system cells can recognize it and destroy it. Your lymphatic system also contains lymphocytes, which are also white blood cells, lymph nodes that are glands, and a network of delicate tubes throughout the body. And your lymphatic system supports your body by maintaining fluid levels, responding to invaders and cell components that would result in disease, bacteria, cancer cells, viruses, etc. And they also absorb fats from the intestines. Various lifestyle choices and patterns can weaken our immune system, such as lack of exercise or 
excess exercise, stress, alcohol consumption, lack of sleep, poor diet, smoking, bereavement, and loneliness. According to the National Cancer Institute, when high stress levels cause the production of stress hormone, so that stress hormone is called cortisol, the function of our T cells, and remember these guys are part of that whole system of fighting invader pathogens. So when we have those higher levels of cortisol, the function of T cells is impaired. With that understanding of lifestyle factors that weaken the immune function and its ability to defeat these pathogens, diseases, and cancers, finding ways to support our immune function is very important. When the Japanese government recommended forest bathing as a preventative medicine, it prompted specific research about this relation between forest bathing and the effect of the forest on the immune system as well as anti-cancer cell potential. Now this study, like I was so excited to read it, like it just blew my mind. Uh, but in a publication of the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health, it focused on empirical research conducted both on the psychological and physiological effects of forest bathing in transcontinental Japan and China. So this review has 64 studies from 2007 to 2017, and forest bathing became an instrumental part of preventative healthcare and healing in Japanese medicine, especially with its therapeutic effects for the immune system. So Dr. Lee looked to find the differences between exposure to urban environments and forest environments, again, following that kind of pattern, comparing forest environment to cities. Dr. Lee noted the phytoncides, which are basically like organic compounds that are released from plants and trees, kind of like essential oils, were an influential factor in getting these benefits of forest bathing. And the study showed that participants in forest environments increased human natural killer cell activity and increased intercellular anti-cancer proteins, these benefits weren't showing up in the cities. For this study, participants went out on a three-day and two-night trip to forest areas. So they took blood and urine samples and they were taken on day two, day three of the trip, followed by samples taken on day seven and then 30 days after the trip. And the natural killer cells increased during the trip and it increased also the NK activity, that increased level lasted for more than 30 days after the trip, suggesting that a forest bathing trip once a month would support individuals in maintaining higher levels of NK activity. I flipped out when I read that study because it makes total sense that when we're relaxed but also connected to nature, our bodies function better than this modernized world that we've built. So really quickly on mental health, we're gonna focus on anxiety and depression. So as we all know, prior to COVID-19 was declared in March, I think it was March 11, 2020, the prevalence of depression was like 3.44% of the global population. In a meta-analysis of these community-based studies looking for the prevalence of depression during the COVID-19 outbreak, it was found that the prevalence of depression at the 25th percentile appears to be seven times higher than the pre-pandemic numbers. And as we know that when people have exposure to uncontrollable events, they can experience helplessness, lack of motivation, and depression. The treatment guidelines for mild depression within the UK identify that having exposure to outdoors, walking in forest environments can help promote resilience. And walking in forests can alleviate depressed states and improve mental health in individuals with sub-threshold depressive symptoms. So this is like mild depression. Then there's a study in Japan where participants would basically go in these day-long outings for two-hour forest bathing sessions, and it was held 16 times over a three-year period. So from October 2012 to November 2014. And then after the forest bathing sessions, the depressive tendencies group and the group without depressive tendencies had a significant decrease in those negative mood subscales. The improvement with the negative mood scales was so significant in the group with depressive tendencies that that particular group decreased to the levels equal to those that were without depressive tendencies, thus eliminating the difference between the two groups. So I thought that was really cool. 
So before the pandemic began in 2020, anxiety disorders were considered the most common mental illness in the United States, impacting 40 million adults age 18 and older, and only about 36.9% of the people struggling with anxiety disorders received treatment. However, there was a report that came out from the CDC, and it noted the increase in the rate of anxiety within the U.S. during the pandemic. So from like August 2020 to February 2021, the percentage of adults with symptoms of anxiety increased from 36.4% to 41.5%. And those unmet mental health care needs also increased with the highest increase among the demographic of adult ages, like 18 to 29 years old. So in Japan, forest bathing is a practice that doctors refer to as a preventative medicine and an activity to support mental health. One of the studies out of Japan, and actually a lot of them really looked at the benefits of forest walking on the autonomic nervous system had 20 Japanese males with a range of blood pressure from high normal blood pressure to hypertension stage two. The first day, one group traveled within the natural forest reserve while the other group traveled within an urban area for two 17 minute walking courses. So they collected the heart rate variability and all this heart rate data over one minute intervals. So walking in the forest area lowered that sympathetic nerve activity and the participants reported feeling more relaxed, comfortable, and natural in the forest area compared to the urban area. Negative subscales for tension and anxiety also decreased in the forest environment. And then the last section, which is one of my favorite focuses, are the benefits of forest bathing on emotional and spiritual health. So as we also know with the pandemic, it's caused a lot of widespread economic, emotional, psychological, and spiritual distress globally. Making these mindfulness practices like forest bathing really an asset to emotional health. So mindfulness dates back to the Buddhist tradition in the first century BC. So mindfulness can be described as awareness of one's external surroundings and internal states, conscious awareness by non-judgmentally paying attention in a certain way to the present moment. Studies have shown that mindfulness can enhance our emotional recovery, reduce negative emotional responses, and support healthy emotional regulation. So similar to the other mindfulness practices, forest bathing has emotional health benefits in decreasing stress levels. It's shown to increase positive emotional responses, neurobiological responses, and neuroendocrine effects. In one of the studies that they had out of Taiwan, the psychological tests that they showed, so they did a two-hour guided forest bathing program focusing on sight, hearing, touch, and smell. They found that time in the forest and forest walking and forest bathing reduced depression, anxiety, confusion, tension, anger, and fatigue while improving positive emotions and mood balance. A lot of these studies referred to forest bathing interventions as a cost-effective modality that can be used in different settings to promote mood and psychological well-being for at-risk individuals like college students, professionals with high work-related stress, and veterans, and just anyone who's experiencing a lot of stress, which a lot of us are on the daily. Spirituality. This part is super interesting because a lot of this research backs things that I've experienced, and I was like, wow, there's actually research explaining what I've had in my own life as I've gone out into forests. There's a concept called biophilia hypothesis that supports the benefits of forest bathing. They ha it's this idea that humans have this innate biological attraction to nature that is critical for our human development and functioning physically, mentally, and spiritually. The International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health did a review of forest bathing and nature therapy, and they found out that forest bathing brought many feelings of awe and increased feelings of gratitude and selflessness, 
Besides the relaxation and restorative effects that many people associate with being outside in nature, people who live and interact with these green spaces more often report having a sense of meaningful purpose in life. In one of the studies, they were coming to understand the therapeutic value of experiencing spirituality in nature, and it was actually looking at nature itself as being a therapeutic spiritual resource. So the study showed that the combination of sensory awareness, sensory enhancement, deep immersion in wilderness, and physical activity can elicit states of consciousness leading to spiritual experiences. Nature is actually attributed as one of the most common triggers for transcendent and peak experiences with deep feelings of unity and connection. Participants exhibited a range of experiences like feeling a brief fleeting moment of awe, and wonderment or long-lasting awe leading to significant personal and life transformations. Many of the nature-based therapists and the practitioners that were interviewed in the study said that their patients found that nature helped them feel a sense of interconnectedness, experiencing the immensity of nature, and seeing their inner aspects reflected by nature, which provided experiences of unconditional acceptance of self. Having these experiences within the forest environment resulted in expansive personal perspective, feelings of a deep sense of unconditional belonging, and self-discovery of inner truth, wisdom, and the soul. Other studies talked about how experience in forests allows for transcendent states that contain humility and wonder and elicit a lot of different experiences of spiritual and religious reflections. Finding all this research was such a validating experience for me. It was really cool to read scientific studies, like I was saying before, that backed what I've had. And whenever I'm in nature, as I've found recently in forests, I have many spiritual experiences and connecting to myself, my intuition, and God. I was recently telling my boyfriend this week about how freeing it is to be in forests and natural landscapes. It's like when you step into a forest, you're accepted as you are. You don't have to present yourself in a certain way or have any thoughts about how you're being perceived or things that you're working towards. The forest welcomes you and accepts you as you are in your entirety. There's nothing to prove, nothing to chase, nowhere to go than just be there in the present moment. And when I'm in forest, I feel the most myself. And I can definitely say that I've experienced what these studies revealed in physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. And since I was little, I would feel overcome by these cravings to be outside and to be in nature. As I was living in Miami, I would feel like the forests were calling to me, beckoning me. And there's something so powerful about stepping into natural spaces that haven't been altered by humans. And this mountain that my boyfriend and I hiked brought up feelings of awe and wonder. And in that moment, I literally felt like I was looking at this rock that had this really cool moss on it and just the way that the sunlight was filtering in through the branches and the trees. And where we were was pretty high up, at least for, it's. I think it's like the highest mountain east of the Mississippi River, I'm pretty sure. And there were a bunch of trees up there and it just smelled like Christmas. Um, And I was looking at this rock and moss and I had this moment where I was just, I just felt so lucky. Like I felt like the luckiest person in the world. I felt so privileged to be there and witness and take in the atmosphere of the land as it just like hummed with life just like really struck me in that moment and whenever I think about it I just feel like I'm transported back to that moment of just feeling alive and feeling life. Well some of these studies had me lit with excitement. I kept asking myself where have humans gotten to as a species where the concept of time and nature 
bringing health benefits is shocking to the mainstream world. Like we have to have these studies to prove that time in nature is beneficial, right? So obviously it's amazing to read, but this technologically driven world has somehow convinced so many of us that we are and our bodies functioning is separate from nature. I mean, we spend 90% of our time inside buildings. I keep wondering, like, what are the long-term health implications of how humans are living in this modernized technological world? I mean, how can we promote longevity and increase quality of life in a world where many of us engage in sedentary 40-hour or more work weeks in front of computer screens? So with all this in mind, I also want to take time and talk about accessibility because forests are not accessible to everyone. In theory, if everyone were able to incorporate forest bathing and forest walking and forest areas and natural spaces, they could reap these benefits from forest bathing. But what about those who cannot or do not have easy access to natural spaces? The surprising aspect of these studies is that most of them did not discuss this issue of accessibility. A study done on the spatial analysis of green equity in 10 cities throughout the U.S., showed that access to urban vegetation and natural spaces is more strongly associated with higher education and higher income across most cities. Race and ethnicity have stronger negative associations for accessibility to these urban vegetation and green spaces in larger cities, uh, but are less common with the analysis that also included variables like population density, income, and education. This study points to urban green inequity and this need that we have for using our research to improve environmental justice in urban areas. Also, the accessibility and universal design were not acknowledged by any of these studies and the media used in my initial research process of forest bathing. So universal design, if you're not familiar with it, it's a design strategy that promotes the design of programs, environments, products, and services to accommodate a wide range of individual abilities. UD promotes equal participation and helps dismantle disabling barriers. So the USDA has a guide. It's called the Accessibility Guide for Outdoor Recreation and Trails, and it was published in 2012, the one that I found. It highlights the importance of accessibility in natural places and the best ways to integrate universal design into these programs and into these facilities. During the 2010 census, one in every five people living within the United States, so that's about 54 million people, had a disability that limited one or more activities like walking, seeing, hearing, thinking, and breathing. And of the 54 million people, 7% use wheelchairs, 2.1% use canes, walkers, crutches, or other assistive devices, and individuals with disabilities are one of the largest minority groups in the country. The USDA guide really emphasizes the changes in the population with the U.S., as we have this aging population, and it's estimated by 2030, over 80 million people are going to be 65 years of age or older. And this age group is more likely to have impairments that can hinder activities and mobility. So with the understanding that when we look at the design of many parks, hiking trails, outdoor facilities, and natural spaces, that would enable an individual to reap health benefits of forest bathing or being out in nature, a large portion of the population have additional barriers to these places because many of them do not incorporate universal design. And as we spoke before, green spaces are not accessible to everybody. And then, of course, there's that obvious geographical region barriers to forests. Not everybody lives near a forest or within a city that focuses on tree canopy or green spaces and urban design. This brought up a whole, whole bag of questions as I went through this research and I was like, all right, so... What other environments like coastal regions, deserts, beaches, grasslands, tundra, do they provide the same benefits to forest bathing? 
And how can individuals, especially those who are living in urban environments who lack access to forests, find way to gain these health benefits that forests and nature in general can provide? Spending as much time outside as we can is critical. And for those of us who do have access to forests or areas with hiking trails or, you know, just or just natural places, parks outside, all of the studies kind of varied in how, at least time wise, how long the participants were outside. So some had forest bathing sessions that were about 12 to 17 minutes, some an hour or two hours or half day. And then the longest one that I had read was the three day two night trip to the forested areas. And that was the one about like the higher levels of NK cell activity. So I think the key for this and all of us in urban settings is to do our best to incorporate outside time into our lifestyle, into our schedule, um, going outside for daily walks in nature areas or just within our neighborhoods, going for longer immersion sessions on the weekends if it's accessible to you to take you know, multi-day forest bathing trips or just like hiking whenever possible that could really help support, you know, mental, physical, and spiritual health. And then again, back to those forest bathing concepts, it's not just about walking outside, um, moving really fast and not really paying attention to what you're doing. Again, it drops back into that mindfulness practice, really, you know, maybe moving a little bit slower, taking in the sky, feeling the breeze against your skin, listening to the sounds, using your five senses to immerse yourself in the environment around you and I think kids I say this all the time on this podcast kids do such a great job of this they are just totally in the present moment they see something on the floor they're gonna look at it there's a ladybug crawling a beetle crawling they're gonna stop and they're gonna look at it and when they're looking at it it's not just like oh there's there's a bug and walk on by like they are totally immersed in looking at this bug so when we go outside really taking that time to notice everything. You can do one sense at a time, bringing your awareness, like, all right, I'm gonna really focus on the colors and textures that I see, or start first with the hearing and just like really bring in and notice all the sounds that you're hearing, the birds, whether it's cars in the distance, incorporating fake nature into homes. And it's, I don't know who coined the term fake nature, Um, but fake nature can be listening to audio tracks with nature sounds, nature-themed artwork or like decorations in your space, having indoor plants, smelling essential oils with tree scents. I actually really love to do that because whenever I vacuum, the exhaust on my vacuum always like kind of like spits out a smell that's not ideal. So what I do is I get, my mom told me this, thanks mama, Um, (laughs) you get like a little cotton ball or like a little piece of tissue and you put essential oils on it and then suck it up with a vacuum and then the smell that comes out is like really nice. It's the essential oil. So I do that because we have some essential oils with different tree scents and and like immediately it'll take me back to that hike and I'll remember that. So it's like that memory that I have with smell linked to that hike. Nature sound videos and meditations. I'm going to put some links actually in the description. There's one in particular that my friend sent me that is just super good. Um, it has visually like a lot of beautiful forest scenes and nature scenes and then it has a lot of like meditative sounds and nature sounds so besides youtube there's also spotify they have their own genre of nature sounds that you can listen to um, netflix has a ton of nature documentaries and many studies have actually shown that having a window view or you know looking out the windows can support attention reduce stress and support physical healing and a really cool study it was done in 1984 by this guy named Roger Ulrich. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Not 100% sure, uh, but he conducted a study. 
he wanted to see if use of nature in the hospital could actually improve health outcomes in 46 patients that were recovering from a surgery that removed their gallbladder. The patients whose beds were by windows that looked out on trees, they recovered a full day sooner and required fewer doses of moderate and strong pain medication compared to the other patients where their window faced brick walls. And then another study, and it was at the Center of Environment, Health, and Field Studies in Japan, they wanted to understand kind of the neurophysiological responses that people have to natural scenes. So like when you're seeing flowers or you're seeing forests, and they wanted to see the difference between seeing a picture of a plant versus actually looking at a plant. So what they did is they took these three plants out and they compared, here's the picture of the plants, here's the real plant. The study showed that viewing indoor plants resulted in increased levels of oxyhemoglobin that directly demonstrated the health benefits of having indoor plants. And studies like this really serve as this powerful reminder that incorporating natural scenes, plants, pictures, window areas in our homes and workspaces can really help support our health and the hours in which we're inside and we're not able to go outside when we're working, um, bringing a little plant onto your desk, plants into your space. In the future, I definitely want to research different types of ecosystems. I grew up in Florida and I spent a lot of my childhood at the beach and on a sailboat out in sea. And the ocean and the beach also create a massive relaxation response similar to forests. And I think it's just important in all of us that we don't exist in a vacuum. Humans are mammals. We are nature. We're not separate from it. Literally everything that keeps us alive comes from earth and sunlight. The ecosystems, the climate, and environments that we grow, with, grow up in don't just shape us psychologically and, and what we see and what we find beautiful, but physiologically. Like A simple example of this is elevation. So as you know, Florida, I grew up at sea level. And on a recent trip out to Colorado, the change of elevation literally caused me to pass out. And even though I've been at high elevations before, my body was not used to this particular elevation, but we're part of the landscapes we inhabit. And they're part of us. We cannot separate ourselves from nature, no matter how many concrete walls and building materials surround us, no matter how many screens we look at for hours and technology that we use every day. I think when our species begins to embody what native folks and indigenous wisdom has spoken about forever, we'll begin to see that aspect differently. We'll see nature differently. And when we harm the environment, we're just literally harming ourselves. All that we are comes from the environments that we live in. And on a subconscious and energetic level, our bodies feel all that's happening with the environment and everything that's happening with the other species. To close this episode, here's a quote from one of my eco-psychology books. And it's by Viesenor Galarza, and the book is called Toward an Integral Eco-Psychology. There's a wellspring of healing inherent to the earth, ready to be absorbed by the body-mind when it moves into harmony with the source of its existence. I hope and pray you're able to have some time with the source of your existence outside this week and have the opportunity to schedule time outside each day for your mind, body, spirit. Thank you so much for your time, energy, and presence here with me today. And I'll catch you here next time on the Reach New Heights podcast. From my heart to yours, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I love creating it. As always, you can connect with me on Instagram at JULHouseholder or my website, juliehouseholder.com. I love hearing how you've integrated these episodes into your life 
And if you feel called, please leave a review on iTunes so we can help others reach new heights. Mm-hmm.